propaganda as an art, sabotage as a business against a machine. It's like creating free space so people can do their thing. It's challenging authority. You know, if the cops come, the cops come. Welcome to the Pages Against the Machine podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, comrade Brian Ganella, co-host of the awesome podcast, Everyone Sucks Here, slash artist and organizer based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Brian, welcome back to the show. Yo. <laughs> it's good to have you here. Uh, yeah, there was definitely... I like that. You... you... Full disclosure, li- dear listeners, Amir forgot to hit record on the first go round. We had a much more cool, this is too. <laughs> <laughs> we had a much more fun, like we're real buds kind of opening. This yeah. Is, now it's just artificial, man. Hollywood yeah. may as well be funding us. Hollywood uh, So yeah. So those of you who are watching this, this is the first time that Page Against the Machine has had video accompanying the podcast. It's my attempt this year to continually build up the platform and make it a lot cooler. So Brian has the honor of being the very first guest on the very first video podcast. We did a podcast a few months ago back in Pennsylvania about how you can reach Trump voters specifically in the Rust Belt over a few key issues. And a lot of people dug the show. They loved what you had to say and they liked the format. And so this is a very impromptu episode, a really impromptu podcast. Uh, Today, January 6th, 2021 was a very interesting day in American history um, that will be remembered. Um, will it though? Pretty, I, uh, well, that's the thing. <laughs> Who knows what happens here? If we break into Civil War, maybe people won't remember. But if we just go back to business as normal, which I'm afraid, I think it's going to be pretty damn funny. So this happened. I reached out to him and I was like, dude, can you hop on the podcast? Like, we got to talk about this. I love your insight on on things. I'd love to hear what you have to say based, you know, based upon your Marxist, you know, worldview and belief system and kind of hear your interpretation of that. So without really diving into it myself, how would you explain what happened today uh, at the United States Capitol building in Washington, D.C., based upon what you know? Uh, I mean, well, first off, I, I can tell you what it wasn't. It wasn't a coup. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the fucking like seventh Proud Boys armored division wasn't like encircling DC while like, you know, the Gavin McGinnis Air Force wing was bombing, bombing the Capitol. Like there was no real seizure of power. Uh, you essentially saw the right. I want to interrupt really quickly. Um, because there's one thing I want to say before I forget the whole reason why I'm doing pages against the machine and trying to build this platform is so that way I can get Gavin McGinnis's attention and I can box him or fight him. Like, that's what this is about. I hate Gavin McGinnis and I'm coming for you, Gavin McGinnis. (laughs) Sorry to interrupt. Continue. Because he has a, he has your haircut. (laughs) He may have my haircut, but he doesn't have my nose. <laughs> That's true. He doesn't. No one, no one has this large Curtis he nose. He wouldn't even know what to do with a nose that Eastern and perfect. The reason, the reason why I want to fight Gavin McGinnis <laughs> is... Besides, besides all the obvious be, reasons? Because, yes, exactly. Like, normally, I would just say, you know what? I just want to talk to you on Gavin McGinnis. But he's the type of guy that is so artificial in his idea and notion of masculinity that a part of the proud boys to be a member from what I understand is you have to fight, you know, 
somebody that is on the left. And, you know, that may seem bad, like badass to a bunch of like lonely alienated white dudes that are looking to join the Proud Boys. But then I saw him on the Joe Rogan show, which I'm not a fan of Joe Rogan. Occasionally I watch clips and I watched him punch Joe Rogan. And it was like, this dude doesn't even know how to fight. I'm not claiming I'm like a great fighter or anything, but those of us from Western PA, we've scrapped before, and it's looked like this dude has never thrown a punch. So calling you out, Gavin McGinnis. Let it be known. Hope he sees this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, okay. you're on notice. I know, I know. He walked away from the Proud Boys or something a year or two ago, and now there's that other dude. I don't even yeah. want to repeat his name in charge. I don't even know. I will say, I, like, I, sorry, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I don't care. I don't care either. But I think that the media misrepresents, you know, who they are and what they stand for, in a way yeah, yeah. that is dangerous. Well, I know what they stand for. You know yeah. what I mean? Like my my view is like these dickheads are courteous enough to wear a uniform every time they go out. So you you know you know, always know who they are. Like I don't need to I don't need to have like the the, the cork board with all their pictures and the strings like connecting it. <laughs> like Charlie Kelly uh, looking for Pepe Silva or whatever. Like uh, you know they wear those stupid shirts. They got branding. Like this is this is you know what I mean? <laughs> who gives you know what their leader's name is? You know when I when I'm in Pittsburgh or I think about this all the time, they've co-opted black and yellow, which is, you know, Pittsburgh colors for baseball and football. And they even, I saw like their logo, they stole the little Pirates P logo. And so Did they? as somebody, I've seen it, I've seen the logo. They have the Pirates P with the little B, what? similar style, similar font. So that being said, as somebody who leaves, lives in Pittsburgh, has it been hard to tell who is, who is a fucking nationalist piece of shit? male chauvinist and just you know your average run of the mill Steelers fan I mean the overlap there is pretty I mean it's like if that was a Venn diagram it would just be a circle dude so, so very well put I don't know yeah like a 50-50 take or not even 50-50 like you know way higher odds that yeah Steelers fans probably probably too that is true there was definitely a very uh bro culture no back there my god-fearing Steelers fans that would listen to this podcast by accident, maybe. <laughs> yeah, if you're a Steelers fan, um, and you're on the left, and uh, you're on the fun. left, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I, you know, I lived in Pittsburgh for a long period of time, and football is a religion there. You know, I yeah. was never really a fan of any of that. Like, those were the type of people I tried to avoid, just like the bros and the tailgaters, and just you know, what have become the MAGA chuds there in Western PA. But now that I don't live there, you know, like I'm secretly like, yeah, Steelers win, yeah. You know, I was. I never even watching the games, but I know that they were going like perfect this season. I don't know anything about football. Yeah. And I was like, it's badass. Hell yeah. Like I support that. Got to represent. And then, you know, they lost a bunch, but. Yeah, they did. I, I I didn't watch any games this year, but I'll admit when they were like seven and oh or eight and oh or something, I was like, oh yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big football fan either. <laughs> I mean, like, no, actually, I actually like football, like the yeah. game itself. Like I think it's fun and I actually think it's pretty fun to watch too. Yeah. Um, but like I don't know, like I don't give a shit about watching the NFL because you know capitalism and like yeah. also because it's like it's like bizarrely like uh, the biggest like recruiting propaganda tool for like the U.S. military now. Oh, so yeah. like I don't really like watching it for those reasons. Um, yeah, but like if I could get like the game, 
you know, like yeah. the sports game without the commercials or without like the color commentary or those weird dancing robots uh, <laughs> or, or like the F-15s like flying over on like the graphic wipe, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'd be cool with that. But eh, otherwise, I, I don't, you know, it's not important. Speaking <laughs> of what was really entertaining to watch that wasn't football being talked about by two dudes who know sh- nothing about football or really care. What happened today at the Capitol? Sorry, I totally digressed with the, the Gavin yeah, McGinnis thing. Really I, I just, I saw the chance to go after McGinnis and I was like, I just, I have to take it um, because I don't know when this yeah, opportunity like a lot, will like a arise lot again. Just cut all of it. Cut all of it. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I wake up this morning and, you know, I post something on Instagram. I throw something up and then I keep, I start getting texts from people like, haha shit's crazy right and i'm like i don't don't know what's going on so you know i kind of tune in to see what's going on and i was just like to be expected not really surprised you know my mom i gotta (laughs) eventually later in the day when i talked to my mom she called me and we just started laughing for like five minutes before we even started talking like uncontrollable laughter and i'm sorry for those of you listening that are like terrified that you know this is this horrible thing that's happened to america and it's tainting you know this artificial glorious image and history and stuff but like i'm not surprised like we knew this was coming like we knew something some sort of spectacle or some shit was gonna come and yeah so like what are your thoughts like uh, what happened today how surprised or not surprised are you and why? Uh, I mean, not, I'm not surprised at all, really. Like, I mean, like, I think I even said that on the last podcast that I did with you, like the Trump will go, he'll go on the 20th. Like if they have to march him out the back door, they will, like, it's not going to, it's not going to be an issue, but his base and like his activated base is yeah. going to be with us and, and something that we have to deal with in the United States for a long time. Um, and like my fear, really, actually, was that like the the left wing of like this sort of like capitalist class, right, uh, in the Democrats will use that condition, yeah, that characteristic that as an opportunity to like increase police budgets, like <laughs> increase the surveillance state, yeah. like push. I mean, this is like they've been doing this shit for you know a long ass time, like the CIA abroad. You know, it's called the strategy of tension, right? They get the left and the right to sort of create chaos in their own sort of respective ways for their own reasons, uh, which just causes everybody that's like in, in the center, either center, right or center left. And that's like the majority of any given country. I feel like too, uh, to just sort of like, I don't know, pine for just state intervention and like the heavy hand of of authority and just make calm everything down again. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what we're, we saw today unfold. And I'm, um, I'm worried that's what we're going to see more of. So, you know, under no illusions, was I expecting Biden to do anything really good or, you know, come out and just hit us with a bunch of cool leftist, you know, base stuff. Um, you know, I, I had a whole podcast about strategically voting to get Trump out, um, which I want to actually talk about in a minute, because I think that we're going to be in a cool not a cool place, but a place that's advantageous. Um, but before that, before I kind of get into that, you know, the thing right now that's happening that I see is I can hear, I can hear in the background, like Joe Biden's people and his cabinet just whispering in his ear, like, okay, so now 
we, we really, really have to compromise and just, you know, try and reconcile with the right and really just kind of meet them in the middle of their far right thing or else they're going to be all angry and they're going to storm the Capitol building. So that's the whole thing I'm thinking now. It's like coming out of this, they could use the opportunity to say, you know what, maybe we are going to give forgive college loans. Maybe we are going to do some of these things because we've seen how the other side but that's not going to happen like they like i mean is anyone in this fucking crowd asking for that no they want trump to be their god emperor for life yeah uh like they love this dude it's a cult of personality issue around trump himself right the the thing that is like that you got to push back on i think is this is all this anxiety that this represents a, a sort of like coup like i was saying because there's no there's no actual transfer of power here it's not yeah. it's not like you know the militia of texas or whatever are <laughs> or, or, yeah it was like all right we're siding with trump like we're gonna yeah. fight trump uh trump like come come to fucking houston and you can be the president in exile in like the new free state of <laughs> fucking give texas. Utah. <laughs> like none of that shit is happening right yeah. so the but the real the real kind of question i think then when you when you say that is like well like why did they allow all of these like MAGA chuds to like get into the fucking Senate and yeah. to get in to the goddamn White House. Yeah. And like you see the videos of like cops and, and like barricades and stuff like being, you know, moved out of the way to let these guys in. Yep. And it, you know, looks like collusion is collusion. QAnon and, has been institutionalized with the one oh, I yeah, think Congresswoman. Yeah, yeah. And like and, the cops are on like for the most part, yeah. they're pro Trump and they're like they so they yeah, let them have their moment. That's what they're thinking in their heads. Like give yep. these guys their moment. Like let them go make this fucking stand. But like it's important to note yeah. that the National Guard and like the military was mobilized. Like mm. DC's mayor like asked them to be, and they were like days before the actual event yeah. happened. So like there was never gonna be like it's not like that fucking dude in the Vikings hat was gonna like set up a provisional government like when he <laughs> once he got inside the halls of the Senate. Like, There's a funny meme. There's a really funny meme where it's a picture of the dude sitting, you know, at the Speaker of the House or whatever's chair. And it's just like, he doesn't look what he, he doesn't, he's like sitting there with a blank look on his face. And the caption just says, when you've never read theory, <laughs> what happens yeah, next? Yeah, you know? It's, yeah. 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 I mean, and like, and that's kind of essentially what, that was like the last gift uh, of like the Republican right that had to, that like embraced Trump and Trump's brand of populism, yeah. like so hard. Their last final parting gift was to give all of these dickheads like this epic own moment. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what they did. Like, Baked Alaska yep. went into Nancy Pelosi's office and just live streamed. Yeah. And, like, he's going to be eating off that for fucking Thanks a lot, years. BuzzFeed. Years, dude. Like, that is going to get oh, him yeah. so much fucking cred, so much fucking streams, yeah. whatever fucking platforms he's on. Like, people are going to be flocking to it. And, like, that's that's what – I think that's what it was, yeah. like, really. That's, I, mean, I mean, what this was definitely an expression of, like – white supremacy and like white Impotent power rage uh, yeah and, and like that kind of fucking white nationalism yeah uh, all coming to the forefront which is again why it wasn't like smashed back because oh, yeah. that's that is not a that's not a revolutionary element that's a counter-revolutionary the, element counter-revolutionaries uh counter-revolutions always get the kid kids gloves mm, they're not real threats mm, i like that say that one more time counter counter-revolutions always get the Kid gloves. Okay, right? think about that, like, listeners. Counter revolutions are about preserving the status quo. Yes. So, like, it even though the status quo wrong, supports. Yeah, even though like these guys are totally wrong when they think that there's some sort of like revolutionary change on the way. 
uh, in the, from Biden of all fucking people. <laughs> like they're they're dead ass wrong about it, yeah. but they're they're convinced about it. So that's yeah. what the this march was. This was a fight to keep the status quo. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, cops don't care because <laughs> they represent the status quo too. So exactly. they're on the same side. And, you know, one of the things that is just blatantly obvious and ties into exactly what you're saying is you look at the way that Black Lives Matters protesters were treated throughout the country this summer, um, even in D.C. with the whole clear them out for Trump's fucking I'm going to I'm going to hold the Bible like weird and take my photo and that dumb thing. And then you see all of these people just storming the Bastille just today, just like storming the Capitol and yeah. nothing happens. I mean, one woman gets killed and she's going to be a martyr. Like she's going to be, you know, the new martyr, the new Kyle Rittenhouse or figurehead or something. Who shot so her? I don't know. The cops probably shot her, but instead of getting angry at, at the police, they're going to get angry at like the liberals yeah, or the yeah. leftists. I, well, no, uh, I, think, like, I don't know. They will, they will get angry at the police. Like they're going to like, they'll, I mean, in their little fucking minds, uh, in their worldview, whatever, they'll just probably like link the DC Metro police to like the deep state or something. It's a democratic mayor. It's not a stretch for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they'll just put that in there. Uh, but I wonder, I do wonder actually if like, and I actually saw some of this, um, cause I guess they were out in the streets like last night too, mm -hmm. uh, in, in DC and they yeah. sort of got like washed like real easily by the cops who were like not out in riot gear and were just like, macing people i think and yeah. got like the crowd to disperse that way and i i remember i before all this shit popped off this afternoon i, I remember i read a tweet uh a screenshot of a proud boy guy posting right okay. who was saying like damn we're like we're a bunch of pussies like the the blm movement and like commie teenagers yeah. were like taking the full force uh you know like riot gear shit like like rubber bullets like pepper spray all that kind of stuff uh, and they held on for like six months. Yeah. Uh, and, and we get nothing like tickled yeah. and, and we're we're done with in like 30 minutes or whatever. <laughs> I so like, see... I think there was this sort of like disillusionment uh, in the early in the early moments or like last night, I guess, in the prep stages of this action today. Yeah. Uh, but no, their confidence definitely came back once the cops let him into the Capitol building, which yeah. is, again, what I think they were just giving him their epic win. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. When I was when I was looking at photos and stuff, I was thinking like the dude on the desk with his like feet up and stuff. It was one of those things where it was just like, yeah, that dude's gonna be a legend in his circles and in his he'll family and shit. He'll like it's a, a meme. meme, exactly. It's gonna yeah, be a he'll meme. He'll be a meme if he's not a fucking right wing meme. Yeah. Uh, by tonight, I'd be fucking surprised. <laughs> I, I wanna the. The person, the the white dude with the buffalo head, you know, painted up as if, you know, reappropriating um, American Indian, you know, aesthetic and culture and shit. Fuck that guy. Like that guy, <laughs> that guy is probably from what I've seen, you know, the photos and stuff, my least favorite pa person that was involved in that whole thing today. Um, besides all of the Republican congressmen and senators who have been giving credence to Donald Trump and this whole, you know, yeah, recount the vote and, you know, electoral thing. Well, that, that's, that's the thing, baby. They, they're playing with fire. Yep. Like, yep. you know, they're not, they're not they're No one is about to turn over the fucking capitalist machine to yeah. like an actual fascist fucking control mechanism. Right. Yeah. Like, but they'll they'll flirt with fascistic tendencies in the population yep. to keep radical change at bay and they they've been doing that 
since 2016, Ben. That's like when they coalesced around Trump in the first place. You know what I mean? Like, look how easy it was for the DNC to pull some, like, sneaky maneuvers on Bernie and get him out of the race when it looked like he was pulling away in 2020. Uh They could have done that. The Republicans could have done that to Trump. Trump. But they saw a win. They saw a win in him. And they were like, we're going to fucking embrace this. We're going to try to mitigate his damage, but we're going to run with it. Uh, And they got, I think they got as much as they wanted out of him. Uh, But, like... He, Pandora you know, doesn't go back in the box. Trump, dude. Yeah. So like they can't keep him in a box. Exactly. They can't keep him. They can't. They can't put baby in a corner. And like <laughs> once they fucking did, he like shit went wild. And it's like yeah. it's like it's basically like the Republican Congress uh, members were like were, were just little kids just fucking around with fire all yep. summer long, playing with the matches, playing with gasoline, playing with, matches, playing with gasoline, playing with fucking matches. And now their backyard's on fire, and yep. they're like, oh. Oh, fuck. And, uh, and, and like, yeah, dude, like somebody, it's like the, you know, the neighborhood's still standing. Like the fire department will come and put out the fire, right? Yeah. But like, they're going to have to deal with that shit. They're going to have to deal with the aftermath for a while. And like, it's probably not going to go away anytime soon. No, so it's like, not. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how the Republican GOP, how they try and spin this or defend it or whatnot. I, you know, I've, in the background, I've, I have, uh, I had some just random news on and stuff. Um, I have like a little antenna oh. that I connect to my TV. And so it's like choppy because you don't have cable or anything. But there was a uh, senator, never heard of him before, but his name was uh, Mark Way Mullen or something. He's a, a Republican for Oklahoma. So how recently was he elected? You no idea. I know nothing about him. But what he said just totally ties in with the way that I think the Republicans are going to handle this is basically he said Donald Trump isn't responsible for this um, quote. He's not responsible for the actions of other people. And I mean, that's the whole mentality is on one hand, I feel like they're going to try and act like, Oh yes, this was totally unacceptable and bad and wrong, but we can't pin this on the cult leader or say he's the one that has them take the cyanide capsules because, well, we all have free will, you know? And to me, obviously that's very infuriating, but I think that's what they're going to have to do. And Mitch McConnell is, you know, he's in a position right now where he's having to just toe the party line behind Trump to keep it, you know, in line. And obviously we know like, politically he disagrees with him the whole two thousand dollar check thing i i thought that was awesome and hilarious i think okay so obviously this can go any way i don't i don't think we are going to have a revolution of any sort i don't think the material conditions may be there but that's not what i want to want to talk about what i want to talk about is it wouldn't be a revolution yeah so right now we are in a situation now that biden's in biden is not going to come out He's not he's not coming with the new deal. He's not, you know, we're seeing capitalism crumbling. That's why you and I aren't surprised to see what happened today. Like this is just a continuation, a snowballing of what's been rolling, you know, for years now, you know, with 40 years of, you know, just the complete decline of American economics due to neoliberalization, just destroying everything. So it's not surprising. But I think now that Biden is in you know because i talked a lot about like why we need to get biden in strategically i don't want to bait that but for me the framework now is in place where biden is going to fail because he's not a leftist he's not gonna he's not gonna become the new roosevelt and so 
all of the Democratic voters, the liberals, the mainstream liberals are going to get pissed and they're going to turn against the Democratic establishment because, well, there's a Great Depression coming, you know, and we're going to be in a place where both the left and the right is both yeah. disdainful of the ruling power and institution. The right's going to be pissed that, you know, the whole the whole rift between, you know, Trump, McConnell and the $2,000 check thing. I was like, that's amazing, because now the people are going to be pissed at the Republican Party because they they were, you know, they were lazy fair Republicans. They just they were Trumpers, chuds, as you told me. They were chuds that just voted for the Republican Party because that's Donald Trump was the guy. So now they're going to be pissed at that party. All the all of the, you know, centrist liberals are going to be pissed at the Democratic Party when they fail to do the shit they need to do. And so we're going to be in a place where the entire working class is going to lose face in the system we have and be angry. Obviously, you know, that could lead to a dangerous place or it could lead to a place that we actually need to almost like, you know, some sort of weird solidarity thing where the entire working class whether you're on the left or right realizes that the system is absolutely shit and it needs change fundamentally. So like, what are your thoughts on that? I know you always have great analysis of, you know, working class issues from a Marxist perspective. Well, the, I mean, the material conditions are, are, are for everybody are not going to get better. Uh, yeah. Like the code, even though there's a vaccine now, I mean, like, the U.S. government is just this big decentralized shit show from the fucking, like, you know, every, every from every local government to state government to federal government. There's no coordination. Yeah. Um, so, like, the rollout of the vaccines is going to be a mess, yeah. which means we're going to keep dealing with this up and down spike of, like, COVID breakouts. And people are like, going to take the vaccine, you know? Yeah, you'll have hot pockets in, like, certain places and shit like that. And it'll keep it'll keep destroying the economy. Like, yep. or, or the economy will, will, is already destroyed. It'll ne the economy will never have like a real chance to recover, right? Yeah. Uh, and like people still get evicted, blah blah blah. Um, so yeah, I don't think anybody's gonna be happy, right? Yep. But like, I don't. I actually don't see centrist liberals mm -hmm. bailing on Biden. Um, I I, I think. What will, what will be likely to happen? They're going to probably not to interrupt you. They'll probably even consolidate more behind him after this episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're going to see, I mean, you're already seeing it. Like, I mean, Biden's been a, a, his transition has been one disappointment after another, you know, like him backpedaling <laughs> nearly goddamn everything. I was, I was said. hoping Richard and Wolf for uh, Secretary yeah. of the Economy. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Uh, you're already seeing, like, the blue checks uh, come out and just fucking be like, how do you expect him to do this stuff in one day? Like even yeah. FDR got a hundred days, like you got to give the man time. Uh, and so like, it's just going to be more of that hurry up and wait shit from yep. them. Like until he dies and then they'll just elect yeah. Kamala. Uh, yep. And then what you're going to have is you're going to see the ascendance of like, uh, of the squad and like that progressive wing, yeah. the quote unquote progressive wing of the, of the Democrats. Uh, and that'll be where they'll sheepdog younger candidates to. Mm -hmm. And like the thing with AOC and all them, like they're just they're they're fucking they're capitalists. <laughs> like yeah. they they're they're not socialists. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. say they are, but they're not. They're social socialists. democrats. AOC is AOC is an imperialist, right? She yeah. she supports imperialist policies. I mean, even like fucking like 
a week and a half ago, she put out some dumbass fucking statement uh, calling for like the the return of sovereignty of Tibet or some shit mm. like that. You know what I mean? Like telling the Hollywood she's also, liberal. She's on record of saying that you can <laughs> be a socialist single? and a capitalist at the same time, and it's like, yeah. no, you fucking can't. So like, well, she oh man, I, okay. There. So she will be there to catch all of the disaffected like centrist Democrats yeah. and to stick with the party for another another like. <sighs> Three or four election cycles. You said something that I just really want to like, not just kind of push back on, but then that's going to go on another tangent. Basically said you can't be a socialist or, uh, I'm sorry, a capitalist at the same time. However, recently, and we'll kind of save this for another episode, I'm woefully uneducated about China. And I've been trying to study Maoism and everything. Like when we were together in Pittsburgh, we went for, you know, a walk. I was on a cane, you know, that type of thing. And we were just talking about China and whatnot. Something that I, I saw in a documentary recently or, you know, a news, news thing was basically the idea that you China's Communist Party now uses the economic tool of capitalism under the framework yeah. of Marxism and capitalism. And I was like, that was, you know, is something that I didn't really ever think about in that kind of way. And the guy that was being interviewed, you know, this expert on China, economics, he was, you know, basically he was like, yeah, the difference is that in America, you know, the capitalists become the ruling elite, but in China, yes. the industrialists and the capitalists, they still answer to the people and, you yeah. know, the communist no, part that, of China. And I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I have, you know, I'm not an advocate of any government or anything. I think all governments have issues. So don't, you know, those listening, you know, I'm not, I'm not advocating uh, those, for those them or anything, I'm, but it's I an interesting concept. Pro-China. <laughs> I'm pro-China. Uh, he's, he's yeah, no, that, that guy's right. Like China yeah. is a state capitalist uh, government, right? Yeah. But like state cap, a lot of a lot of Marxist detractors will be like state capitalism is revisionism, and it's like it's it's not like yeah. state capitalism is part of the stages. Like you, yeah. you know what I mean? And they they chose to go uh, in a in a state capitalist direction with uh, Ding Xiaoping, okay. uh, and um, like he did that essentially to ensure the survival of, you know, the yeah. revolution, yeah. like the gains of, of the communist party of China. Right. Um, and, and, uh, like this idea and one, one, I want to, I want to say that like that guy is absolutely right. Uh, capitalists in the United States end up being like the sort of like shadow oligarchy who uses the United States government to sort of like execute its will. Yep. Whereas like capitalists in China are always subservient to the Politburo. Like they don't, yeah. they can never rise above that authority. Yeah, uh, you and you, we're seeing that now. Like <laughs> you do some shady is, banking is, stuff. Like, yeah. You're, yeah. I mean yeah. that one Chinese billionaire, like, you know, he, he's getting his assets seized yeah. because the, because China I did read about that or something off of, they're moving off of state capitalism yeah. into more consolidated uh, state owned socialism. Interesting. So like China has always been on this like slow march. They're very, very pragmatic country mm. like they're very very like they're very very much like a wait and see yeah. sort of power they're they're not reactionary at all i mean they're good yeah. marxists you know what i mean they, they they do their shit they they adjust for the fucking conditions of the world uh and then they try to implement socialism in a successful like you know functioning state that you know is responsible yeah. for the lives of a billion people. So like, of yeah. course there's bureaucracy and of course there's like, there's going to be like author elements of authoritarianism or state repression. Yeah. Cause like 
it's a billion people. Like they gotta yeah. feed and like and like take care of the. I mean, no, that's not the point. Yeah. But yeah, China's state capitalist. State capitalism is a stage in communism. Like it, it, on the way to yeah. communism, it's. Well, it's that's not you know that's 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 the thing is that. You know, people have to understand the, the fundamentals of Marxism is dialectics, dialectical materialism. Yes. And so, you know, once again, just pointing a finger and on, this goes both ways, pointing a finger and being like, well, you know, communism has failed because China's capitalist. It's like, well, you know, Marxism actually is about, you know, finding what works taking what doesn't work and then creating a synthesis of that to make it work. So, you know, it's like, I, it's not necessarily out of line with, you know, orthodox uh, Marxism, but then on the flip side, the thing that I don't understand is when like tankies just like defend the things that, you know, countries that had ruling communist parties at times have done where I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand like dialectically you should be like, Oh yeah, that happened. That didn't work. So how, how, instead of just defending it, like, I feel like a true Marxist would be like, well, we need to figure out what, another stage or another way to do it is and like to me like that's that's i don't understand why you know so many uh you know communists don't don't really want to call out like when they see things wrong but that's you know that's not, neither here nor there um yeah unless you want to talk I about mean, I it can like, give you, i can give you like a short answer yeah uh, yeah i'd actually that, like, i was talking yesterday to someone about it and so i'd love to hear just like what your thoughts are on it I mean, like, in a short answer, there's just, like, a tendency to not criticize what is called, like, existing socialist countries. Yeah. Uh, e but, like, among your comrades and, like, talking theory, like, you know, with each other, like, oh, yeah. obviously, <laughs> principled discussion is okay. Yeah. But, like, to do it in, like, a public sense, to make a platform yeah. around it or something like that, all it does is, is give ammo to, you know, yeah. Western imperialists to, like, you know, delegitimize the system Absolutely. or delegitimize that state. Like, the, the business of working out the kinks yeah. dialectically for like Venezuela or China or Cuba are the business is the business of Venezuelans, Chinese and Cubans. You not for I mean? like, so your your view not is not American, American, yeah. Or even yeah, American communists or not something. Our goddamn business. So like, yeah, we can have thoughts on it. So I take but, it you're not a Trotskyist like, then. You're not a <laughs> No, I'm not yeah, I'm not I'm not a Trotskyist. No. Uh, Communism jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Internal, like permanent <laughs> revolution is an unsustainable strategy. But that's a whole, you know, that's a whole other episode. I'd be happy to have. With you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like this is the thing. Like I'm always so happy to get to talk to you because you're one of my favorite people to talk politics hey. with, especially because you know you're so entertaining. I'm I'm pouring some tea right now. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't earn have earned my name if I didn't drink tea. So um, why? What is does Amir it's mean something about tea? No, no. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, okay. It was just a just a reference, you know. Because Middle tea. Easterns are always drinking tea. I thought you guys always drink coffee. Uh, you know what's really interesting? Iranians. Is, um, is it because they is love it cause, is Arabia a coffee culture and Persia is a tea culture? So it's very interesting. Like the culture. Once again, I'm not an expert on anything. I'm just a bullshitter. But what I do know is so like in Iranian culture and stuff, um, you know, tea and poetry um, and when you're old smoking opium, like it's it's very, you know, uh, it's very ingrained in that, like the arts and everything. Um, 
And actually, that's kind of a stereotype in the Middle East against Persians is that they're like soft, effeminate, they just drink tea all the time and write poetry, you know. Um, and there's there's a lot of racism and just mutual disdain, unfortunately, between Iranians, Persians, and and Arabs. Um, I'm <laughs> doing a lot of studying about the Round Rock War. I'm working on a project about that. Um, but to be honest, I, I don't know too, too much about, you know, the the vat you know the variety of nuances in you know arab cultures and things but in iran teas it's huge um yeah you, you get a little sugar cube usually and you put it between your teeth and you sip it you drink like saffron tea um but it's you know chai is actually what it uh what it means yeah. so i bet i i bet you like persia is probably a tea culture oh 100 but they because arab arabian culture arab culture is definitely a coffee culture yeah um yeah. and and one other thing to add to that is the like you know there's there's this custom in Iranian Persian culture called where it's like I have to out I have to offer you endless hospitality you know <laughs> it's almost like right. a game that you like play you to, where it's don't like, you have to like refuse it yeah like, exactly stop, or else like you walk like, out of the house time. with like my TV yeah. and my car. <laughs> you know um so that's that's kind of funny but the you know the other thing about the tea um ah what was it it, was, it just it kind of slipped my mind um oh coffee in iran iranians love nescafe like iranians they like you know i'm all about yeah, rice roast like, like gourmet coffees and shit they're like nah i want the nescafe i want the indian yeah, stuff that's gold yeah, dude yeah. that's gold like yeah. that is y'all are definitely a tea <laughs> culture for sure yeah. that speaks no, so. no historical coffee culture is gonna be like give me that nescafe <laughs> <laughs> okay so like back back to the matter at hand you know something that the mainstream media the msm you know the fake news um just kept saying that was so just annoying today which just fits in with a big problem i see in the culture is they kept talking about the situation that happened today with all of the the maga chuds just taking over the capitol building and you know causing this big national crisis um was that it violated the sacred nature of american institutions and things and to me every time they kept using that word i just i kept thinking like we have a huge problem in this country and it's the mythos and the mythology of america like we are indoctrinated and taught endlessly about this glorious mythology and everything and i understand that it unifies a culture i understand the purpose that it serves it unifies a culture of a bunch of various fractured different cultures coming together under a neoliberal democracy however we see how when people are so indoctrinated in this mythos of america it can then easily be exploited by the right as was donald trump i think the first podcast i did was at mount rushmore you know him just laying on the fucking mythos like jo uh, joseph campbell style I like Joseph Campbell. I know he's problematic. But anyway, like just just playing it like that's what gives him his strength. And so this whole idea now is like, you know, with with the liberals and everything is like, this was a one off. This shouldn't happen. This is in America. We are Meaning the sacred Trump's entire president. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like they don't there is no contextual like critical theory. There's no understanding like how we got to this point, you know. Um, and I tried to explain this, you know, I, I'm pretty lucky because like my family is all, you know, not leftists, but definitely a lot left, more left of center. Um, 
all I got to say is I hope I hope my phones and everything aren't bugged and tapped by the CIA or anything at this point, because I'm worried about my mom over what she said over the past few years. Um, but anyway, that's the problem is that there's no understanding that this is going to continue. And unless Biden fundamentally tries to change the nature, which he's not going to, of the role of government, you know, in in America by, you know, kind of a new deal, just embracing like Keynesian economics and, and things like that. We're just going to have somebody like that Josh Hawley dude or Ted Cruz or someone just come back as the Trump trying to play that role, trying to steal that audience. And it's just going to be this back and back and forth before like the Civil War does break out. So, you know, from a Marxist Who's perspective, fight in the Civil War? <laughs> like, you know, sorry. Best podcast who's ever. Gonna fight, who's going to fight in the Civil War? Like, yeah. the only thing that's going to happen, like, and this is actually kind of optimistic. I don't know. Maybe this is op- this is a little optimistic. The only thing that's going to happen is, like, uh, the government is going to um, just, like, I don't know, every time there's going to be some sort of, like, insurrectionary moment, whether it's from the left or from the right, we'll just have to run right to it and stamp out that fire. And we'll be yeah. doing that for, like, the next know, on 20 on. years you know yeah. like decades and it that'll either make us become as a government more authoritarian and like really outright fucking fascist yeah or we'll just i don't know collapse into oblivion like i don't really see i don't know civil wars are tricky right because yeah. you need you need like we're in an era that yeah we are in you know we are in we are post, I don't know what the word for it is, but like large standing army, it's all guerrilla and, you know, warfare decentralized. I can't think of the word of it. Uh, not non-lateral asymmetrical uh, warfare. Asymmetrical warfare. Yeah. So like, a, you know, civil war obviously is not going to look like, you know, General Sherman versus, you know, um, fucking Robert E. Lee. Um, there's a great podcast. If you guys haven't, and sorry. If all of you haven't listened to it, it's called It Could Happen Here. It's by Robert Evans. It's an amazing five or eight part series about what a a conflict, a civil war would look like in the United States based upon his experience as a conflict journal around the world. And it's extremely fascinating and interesting. Um, And it's probably not what you would expect. I highly recommend checking that podcast out um, because, you know, it's it's. I re-listened to it. So I got seriously injured and right around the time it was coming out. And I remember like I was so stoked to be able to listen to it in the hospital bed and stuff. Um, but I re-listened to it, you know, within the past few months. And it was crazy how everything that he talked about would likely cause some sort of conflict to break, you know, break out from people getting shot at protests to police repression of protests. Like it just the foundation is there, but you know. I, I also don't agree that that we are probably going to see, you know, within the next short period of time, like a, you know, a large scale decentralized um, city by movie, city. You remember the movie Demolition Man? No, I don't actually. I've, I know that I've heard of it, but I just I can't. I don't know. And I've never seen it. Uh, like Sylvester Stallone. He's okay. like a cop. This is, what, like this is why I love talking to you because you just have yeah. all of <laughs> all of anyway, good pop culture this is, references. This is what this is what this is what, this is, what I'm, <laughs> I, uh, this is my prediction. Uh, so demolition man, like Sylvester Stallone, he's like a cop from like right now, and he gets like frozen or something, uh, uh, and and un unfrozen like hundreds of years in the future, right? And like everything is this sort of like diet fascist sort of like 
fake utopia, right? Yeah, Where yeah. Like, corporations own everything, and like uh, I don't, I think some it's a documentary. Works. like sex is forbidden like people have like sex only through like no contact like neural links or whatever oh man that's where covid's taken everywhere in 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 wherever this fucking like state is is like perfect utopia right except then there's this other there's this faction led by dennis leary of like ragamuffins who who live in the sewers like the literal sewers okay and they just they don't want to accept any of this like phony baloney like fake world, man. They're like done yeah. with it. That's what we're gonna see, like in America, right? There's gonna yeah. be like the centrist, like normie people who just will appeal to authority just so they can like keep watching Netflix and ordering their everything's fucking, like, okay. Chef Change the channel. Yeah, five hundred channels. <laughs> Everyone Shout who's complaining about this being like an embarrassment to America yeah. today are those people. Yes. And then everyone who sort of like hates the government and like hates and recognizes that this shit is fucked up will be like Dennis Leary's sewer dwelling ragamuffin army. Yeah. And then that will be the struggle for like for the US government for like the next hundred years is like yeah. stamping out literally all of those elements through increasingly trying, authoritarian trying ways. to keep some unnatural equilibrium. Yes. Yes. As, and then, and then, like, ideally, I think what the ultimate goal of the Biden presidency is, is to reclaim America's status as the global hegemon yep. so they can keep fucking uh, milking the global south for its wealth and resources yep. so Americans can go back to living the good life and yeah. not questioning anything. Yeah. But that's never going to happen. Like, we're never going to go back to those days. Yeah. Like, this hiccup, the hiccup of four years of Trump, like pandemic hiccups in the future uh just unable to deal with any kind of like crisis as it comes yeah. like nat- of, the, of the natural variety uh which and, they're and coming with climate change. as climate change continues yeah. right like we're never going to get that global hegemon mm-hmm. uh status back because we're going to be using all of our resources trying to keep this fucking like broken rig shit of a country together yeah. uh and like there will be people who We'll just want all of the chaos, like all of the loudness from both sides yeah, to end. To go away. And they will just drift towards that center, that center of like, I'm fine with whatever, just as long as I can go back to like yeah. living my fucking living my fucking truth. And so it, I can go back to my self care routine or, or so I can go back to my, you know, like NASCAR rally or whatever. <laughs> Pick your fucking poison. Like it's all <laughs> the same fucking liberal shit, yeah. right? And we like, all we all play the game to an extent. Yeah, um, it's, it's that hyper normalization. It's just ideology is. It's it's you. It's the individual. Mm-hmm. It's what you want to fucking do. Yeah. So like for some people, that's like chawing on some tobacco and listening to some yeah. t- like Kenny Chesney and and doing some four wheeling. And then to other people, it's like I don't know, doing fucking yoga and sticking yeah. quinoa on their assholes and shit like that. Like whatever fucking <laughs> makes them feel fancy. Yeah. And as long as the system. There's a system intact that'll enable them to do that if they yeah. make enough money. If that's they the, make that's enough the money, only caveat that in the is United it. States is you get to do what you want to do if you can make enough yeah. money to do it. Uh, yeah. And like they'll, they'll well, you know, as resources dwindle, like the hoops, the requirements, like you know, if if the money thing, if like is like the um, you must be this tall to ride on a roller coaster, yeah. like it'll keep getting old, like taller and taller the more. Uh, the more like resources on the planet dwell up and the more shit becomes scarce because of climate change. Uh, it, you know, like 
this is why socialism is absolutely 100% fucking necessary yes. right now. Because if we do not wrestle control of the means of production away from these fucking ghouls, yes. they're all, they are going to drive us into, into like extinction. some fucking Mad Max hell world yeah. where like, I don't know, they, they live on a satellite and we live in the fucking Wally ruins left yeah. on earth. It's not going to be pretty, man. Like, not gonna be pretty yeah uh, no uh, i mean it's it's absolutely not like this is just a you know we've we've reached the point where there's very likely no you know there it's the point of no return in regards to environmental catastrophe you know this yeah. whole idea like okay so three things in the past 20 years that have just shaken the foundation of america and popped the bubble one 9 11 9 11 you live through it i live through it you know, it's the beginning of an era. It always will be. We'll never forget yeah, I mean, where we were. 9-11, 9-11. Sorry, 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 two, COVID. COVID yeah. happening and this whole lockdown. I mean, it just, the whole, the whole roles that we play were thrown into upheaval. You know, the whole role of being this commuting worker, you know, whatever, like everything was changed. Everything shift. You know, it really popped that bubble. Um, and then this is number three for Americans. And, you know, these are excellent. Well, I'm just saying like very big general things for those very like, just like, you know, not woke, just like people that want that equilibrium that we're talking about where it's like 9-11 happens, this COVID shit happens. And then the whole Trump thing, but specifically, oh my God, this institution, you know, this sacred hollow, just, um, infallible institution now has just fallen to just all these protesters and stuff. Like it's, it's, it's monumentally but, but huge it symbolically. Fall, it didn't fall, it didn't but, fall. but it's all about spectacle in my opinion. And maybe yeah, you're yeah, just, yeah, I'm yeah. just passionate, I mean, but it's, it's like, all, they'll, they'll allow it. It's a monumental spectacle. List hit that. me with that. <laughs> all right. So 9-11, absolutely right. Like yeah. 9-11 was a historical event that, that woke us up out of that fucking uh, Fukuyama trance. Or like, uh, like I'm reading, right? I'm reading that essay. Cause I want to do a podcast about just talking yeah. about it. Like, uh, 9/11 was what we're talking about the end of history. Just the most and ridiculously titled. <laughs> he yeah. talks a lot about so Marx. The, like he talks a lot about communism. Event, event two. Okay. Right. It, it spans a little longer time. But event two is the election of Barack Obama and the election of Donald Trump. Okay. That whole fucking 12-year period. Because yeah. Obama we did have uh, the housing came crisis, in yeah. and utterly, utterly fucking destroyed uh, left-wing populism. Like, that's what he ran on in 2008. Like, Obama yep. Obama was, like, the fucking hope and change yep. guy, and he didn't deliver. He even so had the chance. The, he had the, the opportunity. History right? presented him the opportunity to actually embrace all that stuff he's running, but instead he just gave all the money to the government. Like, that's what people don't remember. Right. It's, like, the biggest protests that we've had in the United States, I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm not a sociologist. Not, not the but the, well, the one of one of the yeah, not the biggest, but one of the most widespread dramatic protests was the whole Occupy movement. You know, it broke out around the country in parks. You know, I was involved. You were involved in the Pittsburgh one. I was involved in Occupy LA, slept in a tree in a hammock for a while, and Occupy Oakland for a shorter period, a uh, very short period in Oakland. But all of that shit happened during Obama. And one of the things that always frustrated me was like Donald Trump is getting away with all of this stuff. Where is Occupy? Like, when are we, when are we, you know, like, when are we going to fucking 
put pressure on these people and it just it didn't really happen and so i was really defeated you know a lot of me was very really defeated until until this summer with black lives matter obama made it better like occupy didn't just didn't emerge because of obama occupy emerged because of the 2008 crisis Mm -hmm. right like it was a reaction to that it just took two years to get it all organized yeah uh, and like Obama, when he came in, he, you know, he was riding on, on, on the messaging of like reversing the fucking trends that led to that crisis. So this is what I'm talking about. Like Obama and Trump killed yeah. populism for either wing of, of like the American populace. Right. Yeah. Obama took all the left wing populist rhetoric and then just like defanged it, yeah. mo- like <laughs> absorbed it into the center. Co-opted uh, it into his spectacle. It, yeah. Just made it a fucking marketing yeah. strategy. All right. Yeah. And then Trump did the exact same thing, but with right wing populism. Uh, so and now like what is happening with the Trumpers, like the Chuds, they're like they're freaking out because, well, I mean, they're way off. They think a lot of things are going on. Right. They don't even necessarily think that it was Trump's fault. They just think yeah. Trump was betrayed by literally everybody yeah. instead of just being like, oh, no, this dude's a fucking grifter. You know, so like. And, then, and it kind of has the same effect because, like, liberals still today love Obama. Like, they, they literally think that yeah. dude does no wrong whatsoever yeah. and did no wrong when he was in office. Yeah. And Trump's base is going to feel the same way about him fucking yeah. forever. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like these two dudes represent represented uh, the, the the split wings of the American uh, the figure, like, yeah. political mentality. That narrow they, spectrum. What they both did was take populist messaging yeah and then sort of just like assimilate it into neutralize the, like, it by absorbing it into yeah, the neutralize yeah. it, neutralized it and like that and that's how it's going to be yeah. for a while and the thing the thing with with obama like the way he neutralized left-wing populism uh had a lot of other unintended ripple effects in the same wing in the same way that trump trump's action with embracing right-wing populism yeah. is going to have a lot of unintended ripple effects and like that's what you know, the, like dialectically, we're gonna have yeah. to fucking deal with, and like yeah. we're gonna have to factor into our analysis. And uh, a lot of people aren't. I mean, a lot of people aren't ready to do that. Like, people aren't really ready to even take a, generally speaking, aren't really even ready to take a critical look at Obama yet. Yeah. Uh, so like, it'll be a long ass time before people on the right are ready to take a critical yeah. look at Trump. He's he's mythologized almost like like the Reagan, you know, like the whole Reagan yeah. thing, where it's just like. Oh, and the third event is COVID too. You're right. COVID. COVID COVID absolutely 100% proved to the everyday American and in their own like lived experience that the government, for whatever reason, maybe they don't have the reasons right, but the government is not capable of taking care exactly. of the American population in a moment of crisis. You know, like, I, I'm in, I'm in LA, I'm in LA, and I could be mistaken. I don't have somebody here to fact check this, but I'm pretty sure that right now LA is the worst place in the United States for COVID. Like one in five people getting tested. Yeah, have one in it. five. And I mean, the, the the hospitals here are completely full, overwhelmed. I don't understand where the fuck is the where is the National Guard? Where are the military tents? They knew this shit was coming. Where are they? How are the hospitals full? Why aren't stadiums turned in to you know? just emergency medical places like i they're pulling doctors like psychologists and stuff right now in la to go be covid doctors or i'm sorry psychiatrists i mean 
you know like, like whatever is, your specialty is, what is I... you are now a covid doctor in the kaiser system and it's like there was there was nothing gavin newsom's too busy sipping his wine buying his 1200 meal plates doing his hair all, all fucking nice and shit i, I yeah. kind of grow my hair out i feel like i worry i have a gavin newsom look going on which is not what i want but it's like you just kidnap him and people him you. <laughs> dude just kidding i'd have to shave just the kidding. mustache off i got i got muppet lips i'll look i'll look weird um but yeah it's the thing it's like where where is it like where is this good government governance you know on anywhere anywhere like where is where are the field hospitals we've had a year nothing and that's you know i i i've been talking a lot about the failure people are like well like what, what even like what would you have wanted the government to do or something it's like okay dude it's a virus it's a virus and it transmits and county lines, state lines, all stuff. It means nothing. So without the strong federal government just being like everything is getting shut down, it's just it's chaos. Like it's just literally yeah. ping ponging back and forth because a lockdown yeah. in LA ain't gonna do shit when there's not a lockdown, you know, in Imperial County and stuff. And yeah. so it's completely absurd. Literally. And not locking everything down. I'm sure you'll like this because you know, I know you are down for a Vanguard party and everything. But like, without, without a rule of law just shutting everything down at the same time you know it just it's a different type of salt in the wound for these people because some businesses are shut down and some aren't and it's yeah, like no, it looks I'm, unfair yeah, no, and it's you, yeah it's like right. you gotta shut the yeah. whole thing down like, it doesn't fucking matter no yeah the, the everything everything hard decisions have january to be made in february everything in january and february that like blue check liberals were saying and like conservatives were saying that China was doing was oh authoritarian like yeah. look at this horrible fucking like despotic regime locking people down that's what we should have been doing yep. and it's not like these people were were locked down and then left to fend for themselves they yeah. were given fucking food like yeah. they didn't they, their 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 rent or their mortgages or whatever fucking payments they were making if they weren't living in government paid for housing already like were subsidized by the government yeah. you know what i mean like the united states government could have cut us all a check yeah. for twenty thousand dollars at the start of the pandemic and just been like see you next year stay inside <laughs> Like, and it wouldn't have even made that much of a dent. But the problem is they can't do that because in 19 fucking 79, we all made, the government made a fucking like fixed decision that the markets can manage society better yep. than they can. Yep. And that it's, it's the government's responsibility to just sort of be there for the market yep. and like use our big fucking dick military to yep. get them into like places like Bolivia so they can steal all the lithium or yep. Congo so they can steal all the cobalt and shit. Yep. And that's it. That's our whole, that's our whole function. Now. Yeah. Everything, everything left to like, you know, sustaining the population and like keeping them alive yeah. is now up to the private sector. Yeah. The private sector is motivated by money. So it's like money. you're fine if you make money and you got, and you got the ability to pay for your fucking groceries to be delivered to you every day. And you got that fucking internet connection and you can work from home for your fucking cushy job and shit. Yeah. You're good. You're good, dude. And like the other people that are out there, like they're out there because that whole apparatus that keeps those cushy dudes like working from home and like yeah. getting the groceries delivered to them, it, you know, it needs, it doesn't run on nothing. Like yeah. it needs people to do that. So they're willing to, you know, extend that class divide even further. Exactly. Uh, just to, just to keep that. Try and keep that, power. keep that harder and harder to keep equilibrium, to keep the whole thing. Yeah, baby. That they're doing. It's you know, pay to play. It's I love, pay to play in America. I love that you laid it out like that because, you know, for those of you that aren't, you know, 
too well read in theory and like specifically neoliberalism and stuff um highly recommend sir watch and adam curtis documentaries um because you kind of laid it out right there there was a fundamental belief coming out of you know the the 20th century you know keep okay so sometimes I like I like because I'm all about psychology and that aspect of political belief and things. I like to think about and understand like how the other side or how people I dis disagree with think. And so I get I get why there was this neoliberalist movement. Okay, wrap this up where it's like we need to allow the market to regulate. We need to create a stable consumer society because we saw politics are dangerous. We saw, you know, world wars and all of these, you know, wars and revolutions of ideologies and stuff. So what is the alternative to politics? It was the market. And so like the Milton Friedman's the Chicago School of Economics and everything, they thought that if we transfer power into the market and everything, we could create a stable functioning society. And to an extent, they did. They were successful for doing that for 40 years. But that's failing as it was always destined to fail. But now it's accelerating. And now we're back into, the, you know, the danger of politics, you know, in their eyes, like politics is dangerous, ideology is dangerous. You know, it's dangerous right now when we have two sides with fundamentally different beliefs in something extremely important that they're going to fight for. And so, you know, it's like they, you know, the whole thing that always gets me is like everyone's like, oh, yeah, communism work, it, it, you know, Soviet Union collapse and everything. I'm just like, I like and capitalism works how like it just, you know, we bankrupted the Soviet Union quicker and now our falling apart and decline of the system we have is happened over the past course of the past 20 years the soviet union you know the whole thing that happened there was pretty rapid and fast but the united states it's just been this long drawn out you know yeah death cycle the soviet, i mean the soviet union collapsed rapid and fast because it yeah. was a fucking coup yeah like boris yeltsin uh was was supported by the clinton administration oh, like he the dude was given motherfucking money like sponsored uh, by dude. The clintons and by and he was a nato fucking part like this isn't i'm not bullshitting man yeah. like you can like i you think can look they took yeltsin up. or uh yeltsin or one of the i think it was yeltsin it might have been i can't remember who who was before him um gorbachev gorbachev yeah i think it was gorbachev they took him to esalen and big sir and just like gave him the full like human potential just oh, like yeah. I mean, hippied out like gorbachev, this is it man like you could have this gorbachev's comrade whole thing, <laughs> gorbachev's whole thing was sort of like what the republicans doing like playing with fire with fascism very right? interesting Gorbachev was sort of like playing with fire with capitalism yeah. uh trying to like reverse some of these fucking like stagnation problems that the soviet yeah. economy was having by the late 70s was it the general 80s? theory glasnost was like the general theory of Pater yeah, uh, or perestroika okay yeah and like the thaw to introduce yeah. some sort of like neoliberal reforms mm -hmm. into it right and then as soon as that happened western and fucking imperialist powers the united states yeah. being chief among them saw the fucking opening and stuck their foot in the door yeah. and they saw this fucking drunk boris yeltsin and they were like yo this is our guy and like they played it they played it right it's, so like i mean but this is all this is also it was like the soviet union was also exhausted i mean this could be another episode too like the soviet union is also exhausted from afghanistan yeah. they're also exhausted from like all the fucking color revolutions that we supported in the eastern bloc that was happening mm, during the 80s yeah like, there's a lot like of poland and everything the soviet union ultimately went down yeah. because of a coup not because it, it wasn't working yeah and like china's working cuba's it's, working yeah, it's, despite it's, it's, everything it's very Vietnam's working no, laos no. is working <laughs> like these fucking states exist today and they work yeah. you know like you i mean you so, said it you yeah, said it best to me once which was you know 
for an ideology that just doesn't work and is destined to fail, the United States has been really scared and just invested all of its efforts and money and lives so into much. trying to stamp it out. Yeah. It's like if it actually didn't work, like let it fall apart. But, you know, it's interesting how how Russia, you know, transitioned into just this free market hellscape, whereas China, once again, you know, I, I'm not educated enough about China, but how the Communist Party remained intact and instead, you know, like, I think that would be interesting, you know, to talk to somebody that has, you know, more of a solid base and understanding of that about like what went wrong, what was different, you know, like, you know, because because that's something that's really interesting to me, you know, like what what the big difference there was. So I know you. Yeah, Sino Sino Soviet history is pretty fascinating. Yeah. Uh, like that that relationship between those two powers. Um, it, get, it gets really weird during the Cold War, uh, but <laughs> I mean, so did everything. Yeah. But. It, uh, this is I gotta go. So yeah. I don't know if you want to wrap this up. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, we could we could literally just talk forever. Um, can we? I want I want to close real fast. You got like less than five minutes, or you gotta go like. No. I, I, yeah, I'm good for five minutes. Okay. I'm gonna play just Trump's message to the protesters today, and we'll just do oh, last remarks yeah. on that. It's a minute. It's a minute. All right. Okay. All right. And it's queued up, and let's roll. I know you heard. We had an election that was stolen from us. It was a landslide election, and everyone knows it, especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. <laughs> You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel, but go home and go home in peace. <laughs> okay. I, you know, it was this big thing like Biden, you know, he came on and Biden gave this, you know, he, he, he stepped into the role. He showed us what's coming. He tried to be stern and everything. He called out Trump. He was like, you know, basically it was like a straight call out. And I was like, oh, you know, where's Trump? Trump needs to make a, you know, a thing. So then Trump, you know, hops on Twitter and he releases this video and it's just, he misses on a hundred percent of the time. It's just like, all you had to do was go out and say, you know, I don't support this, whatever. But instead, he just starts talking about how they're special people and just plays up his election fraud and everything. I mean, it's 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 classic Trump. It's classic Trump. That being said, what in closing, if Brian Ganella was head of the United States, what do you do no. to Trump? What happens to Trump after his presidency? I don't want to be head of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, like I don't know, dude. Like if it, was, if it was a communist revolution tomorrow, like Trump's first against the wall. Like it's not, that's not a fucking real up question. against the wall, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like without a yeah. doubt, the man is a fucking criminal. Like, but I mean, like it's he's first, man. But that's only because he's the most recent, not because he's yeah. the most deserving. Like Dick Cheney's somewhere in that fucking line too, and and definitely oh, I'm George be Bush. To that one more than Donnie. But like that little farewell message. That yeah. that's. That's Trump saving his brand, man. Yeah, That's nothing else. Totally. Like Trump is not going to go down as a loser. He yeah. will scream that this election was stolen from him 
until the day he dies because being a loser yeah. is not consistent with the Trump brand. Exactly. He needs these people to still like him, yeah. to still trust him because he wants to he wants to leverage I mean, well, they are an insurance policy for him. He wants to leverage that into his future career, yeah. obviously, uh, in which all signs are pointing to some sort of foray into media yeah. after this. Um, but he also probably, you know, wants a lot of people in the country to still like him. So, you know, just in case, like, he does leave office on the 20th yeah. and, like, he's immediately clinked up in handcuffs. Exactly. might raise a stink about That's it. the part that I 100% agree with that I was saying where it's like, he needs this. He needs to show I'm untouchable because I have these cadres of chuds and yeah. I have the support that if you do anything to me, if you hold yeah. me accountable for anything, like just the complete derelict duty and, and the COVID crisis or anything, yeah. then you are going to have, you know, violence and blood on your hands. And so strategically, you know, it's it's within, you know, kind of what he move. needs to do. I mean, and it, and it was done in the same kind of like clumsy, awkward way that Trump does. Like that to me sounds the same in my brain as the very fine people on both sides yeah. speech. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, it's the same it's what sort I thought of about sentence, 100%. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, what it, we we got to have peace. Like, you're very special, and I love yeah. you all. Like, you have to leave, though. Like, it's it's just, it's all fucking theater for him. And it's really yep. dangerous theater. That's the only thing. Yep. It's like playing with matches, yeah. like you said. It just is. Perfect it's just summary. Play, it's just playing with fire, baby. Perfect That's all summary we're doing of the Republican Party. They just found yep. The box of matches and they're in a paper house just continually lighting them for fun um Man. so yeah as much as i would love to just keep talking with you i want to thank you for hopping on the pod just super last minute sporadic this is the first one we've done with video and uh i think it's gone great like it's actually you know i've had a blast i think all those listening have thoroughly enjoyed getting to hear your take on things always entertaining uh you can check out brian ganella on the podcast everything's nope let me step back everyone, everyone. sucks here <laughs> everyone sucks Things here <laughs> and you can check him out on instagram and on the interwebs at brian ganella is boring yeah it's on instagram yeah anything you want to plug my dude uh or any closing lines i mean yeah you plug the pod you plug my instagram that's kind of like the only thing yeah okay, okay. let me people. let me let me close with just a compliment so when I hung out with you in Pittsburgh, you really inspired me because Brian Ganella is doing a lot of righteous work organizing unemployed people <laughs> in Pittsburgh, getting them signed up for benefits, helping them and everything as part of not you know, me single handedly, not part of an organization. like a true like a true communist, very uh, selfless mm -hmm. and humble. But it inspired me and made me realize that I had to step up and get back involved myself in in a political organization and so i want to just thank you for that for re-inspiring me to step it up you know i, I got involved with with a, a group uh political organization yeah, on different it, councils and found stuff. one that agreed with you exactly with. and that's all, that's all of every, everybody's got to do exactly so all listeners if you don't know what to do you need to join a political organization, even if it's not 100% lined up with you, and you have to be organized and put in the work. Shit is going to get wild, and we yeah. need to be able to offer answers to the working class when the system continually crumbles because we know the rights there, offering them yeah. a bunch of, you know, so we need to organize and build our movements now. So yep. 
That being said, well, yeah, we we got to take care of us. We got to keep each other safe, and we can do that from a better position if we're organized. So that's all, that's all I gotta say. Hundred percent. Okay, Brian Ganella, you've heard him. Thank you for listening to the Pages Against the Machine podcast. We'll have you back sometime again dude. soon. Okay, bye. Later, man.